Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc you are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called financial ineptitude anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by financial ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the China Shop. Shopkeeper Dan is out this week, so what the finance host, Anthony Fatsies, is here to do battle and see who gets to sit in his chair this week. How you doing, Anthony? Y'all limbered up, ready to go? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll this let you. Be great. <laughs> you, know, you can use the uh, the first news segments and stuff to get limbered up. We'll 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 do battle at the end. <laughs> okay. Th- thank you for being so kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that scene in uh, Princess Bride. Like, are you ready? Uh, okay, take your time. It's okay. We'll, we'll fight to yeah. the death in a minute. <laughs> Putting off the inevitable. <laughs> right. <laughs> Making me sweat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on into the shop with us today as we sit back, relax, hedge against the rage machine as I try not to butcher uh, the fine, fine script that Dan has put together here. Uh, welcome to any new listeners just joining us. We're smashing our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut losses. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialineptitude.com and give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen, or you can even check out the guest directory or mini-series pages to browse through our amazing back catalog. All those links will be in the episode description. Best place to be is the Discord server. On there every day, doing all kinds of fun stuff, looking at charts. Uh, we got M period challenges. We do have prizes to give away for those now. Uh, just, it's an awesome place. And if you still join, there is swag to give away. So uh, shoot me a message, DM me, let me have your address. I will send it to you. 
so you can smash something yourself. All right. Uh, we have any show news. That's what Dan asked me. That's not how I'm supposed to do that. Um, Anthony. <laughs> we have any show news. You- <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you for what's going on in your world. What's going on with the, uh, what the finance? Um, not too much. Just, uh, trying to push it up to three interviews a week, which has been a massive struggle, but, um, I'm enjoying it. I'm speaking to so many different people and Oof. yeah, just, uh, keep it coming. Basically <laughs> three is a lot, man. Oh, any good, yeah. uh, good guests uh recently um let me have a look so many it's challenging uh i had the pleasure of speaking to david rosenberg uh he's quite well known and it's oh. a bit of a perma bull uh per- <laughs> perma bear sorry not a perma bull <laughs> yeah, yeah. so everything's going to collapse uh right and i think that's yeah it's not too much confidence uh from a lot of the people i've talked to about <laughs> what is happening in the world uh michael michael green uh ted oakley a lot of them are saying recession some are saying societal collapse i don't i probably don't agree with that but, societal uh, collapse what yeah i know i speak to some uh people with all different opinions <laughs> but, uh, okay if this if society is going to collapse then it, the markets don't matter then why even talk about them <laughs> no exactly <laughs> go out and buy bullets because that's going to be the new currency <laughs> but that's a very american thing to say <laughs> i know <laughs> we can't even buy bullets over here what do we do oh, can i send you some or is that illegal it's probably illegal probably all right i can send you the parts <laughs> <laughs> all right okay let's see how does this go we've got a oh i need three adjectives preferably uh alliterative to describe today's show Something like uh, confused, chaotic, uh, and incongruent. Uh, it's close Stupid enough, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Harry Potter thing? <laughs> That's the show we've got for you today, folks. Plenty of market-moving news, lots of stocks on the radar, and brighter futures than Apple, iPhones, and the Chinese government. How about that? That's topical, right? The Chinese housing market's looking very bright. Brighter futures in the Chinese housing market. <laughs> Much better. And also reach out to us. We love your messages, comments on Twitter and Facebook, on our Discord. All those links again in the episode description. If you're old school, just send us an email to two bulls at financial ineptitude. And that's the number two. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you finally worked up the courage to propose to your reporter girlfriend after she returned from an overseas work trip but she spurned you for the, quote, work colleague that she decided to bring back to New York. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. Is and that from is, personal uh, experience? Or? <laughs> no, that's, a, that's a movie reference. It's a movie reference. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you off air if you don't get it. It should be in your wheelhouse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although you are younger, though, right? My head is, like, steaming. <laughs> I'm <trying> to voice. <laughs> too much stuff going on <laughs> yeah oh, i played this game at work the other day where it was uh people trying to explain to you like a word without saying the word and yeah i'm just always oh god things, so. try describing a taste without saying the thing like try to describe yeah. salty to somebody without using that word <laughs> exactly so they uh i tried the medium setting and apparently i was too dumb for that so we had to go the the beginner <laughs> <laughs> All right, i got a few um, though uh, I, I, I'll give you a hint then. Uh, it is uh, right in your backyard. The movie was mostly shot, I think, in uh, in Australia. Or at least a good amount of it was. Oh, what? Crocodile That's... Dundee? Ah, there you go. There you go. It's the only one. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone yeah. knows. No, um, Mel Gibson's, uh, I think, oh, Beyond yeah. Thunderdome was shot there too, right? And Mad Max. Road yeah, Warrior. true. You've had three or four. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, let's talk about a bet result from last week. Uh, you weren't here, but Dan and I, we tried to short Hormel. HRL was the stock ticker. Uh, it opened on Monday at $37.13, and we had a second ad planned at 38 which it hit on Thursday. And then even with the sell-off today, uh, Hormel somehow decided to stay strong and closed at 38.24. So that takes our total uh, from $470.66 to $462.20. Uh, and then random, that son of a bitch went long APA, which is a NASDAQ energy stock. Opened the week at 44.63, closed Friday at 42.42, giving random $460.10. So it's a close one, Anthony. I think we're going to need your savvy to help us get a good pick this week because uh, it's not been going too well in the China shop lately. <laughs> have we ever beaten random? That's the real question. We have. Yes. We have. All right. That's good. <laughs> I think the record overall, like if you look at the money uh, won and lost, as of the start of this year, it was positive. I was pretty overwhelmingly. Okay. Nice. But that, that's that's a past relieving uh, thing. <laughs> past uh, results are not a prediction of future <laughs> expectations. No, exactly. Was it Warren Buffett who said that most investors should just throw a dart at a we'll wait for a bull market first (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) all in in, uh, nvidia it actually works surprisingly better than uh than you think random uh, has done better than i thought he would we're so proud of him (laughs) that's enough enough um sucking random off let's uh let's move on and talk about some news Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skip-skip-tools trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill, no, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, Dan. trading information. What? trading information. I'm inclined to agree. trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. Okay, Anthony, I think I've gotten off a of dance script now. We should go back to normal. <laughs> I'm always blown blown away by that. Well, uh, his <laughs> musical amazing. talent. Yeah, yeah, literally. I feel like <laughs> do we need to invite him back? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the songs. What do you mean? Anything big catching your eye? I think uh, maybe we can lead off with maybe some consumer sentiment that dropped today. Yeah, definitely. I, I actually haven't seen it. If you want to <laughs> lead the way, well, let's see. Preliminary estimates uh, reveal the consumer sentiment fell from sixty-nine half in August to sixty-seven point seven in September, and missed expectations that were set at sixty-nine point one. Uh, even though, though, it did decline. They're saying that the gauge still remains above the six-month moving average, uh, which is standing at sixty-four sixty-two, uh, showcasing a resilient, optimistic outlook among U.S. households. Is that a good thing that it's it's I don't, so hot? Out? No, I don't. I'm trying to figure out why this is important. Like this is what if, I guess the economy does well because everybody believes in it, right? Is that kind of the yeah. idea behind it? If nobody's, and believing... I guess if you 
if you look at the last six months, there was really high inflation. So, of course, sentiment would have been horrible <laughs> when inflation is quite right. high. So now, even even though, sentiment, even though inflation has come down, sentiment's still bad. It's probably not a good thing. That's something... Well, yeah, why? I mean, because even the expectations for inflation are also down, too, according to this report. That fell from 3.5 to 3.1. And the five-year outlook is down at 2.7 now. And believe it or it not, they stuck the transitory word into this article, too. <laughs> It's only been two years. Yeah. <laughs> it's still time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things where people have just done whatever they can to survive over the past 12 months. And now it's really, you know, you sort of start running out of credit lines or uh, mm-hmm. other ways that you can, uh, you know, keep, keep going. If uh, if unemployment, conti- you know, continues to increase and people start losing their jobs, I think there's going to be a bit of pain moving forward. Has unemployment actually been increasing yet? Because I thought last I uh, saw the jobs market was still holding pretty strong i think it went up a like maybe 0.1 percent recently so it's not too much of an increase but then from what i'm seeing a lot of the job openings are closing mm-hmm. so there is a bit of concern there uh and then as well uh there have been a few like job layoff announcements in some of the some companies so yeah i think it'll be interesting to see what happens and if we see like if we think about december last year that's sort of what happened where stock market was going to shit uh, some like heaps of these uh, large companies started laying off people to try and keep their earnings up, mm-hmm. and then uh, then things bounced this year, which were good. But it'll be interesting to see if we see a similar thing for the next three months. <laughs> um, speaking of inflation itself, then I mean, what are your thoughts on on where we're sitting at now versus where we're going to be going? Uh, like we've got FOMC coming up here pretty soon, don't we? Yeah, and it's it's, it's quite challenging because I guess fifty percent of the people that I talk to think that. We're going to see like a deflationary or, or disinflationary shock of, uh, you know, recessionary trends, mm-hmm. re- reducing uh, demand and decreasing, uh, you know, getting to the point where maybe prices decrease. And then the others think that uh, inflation is going to stay high for longer. We're going to get the energy uh, trend in the next few months as well as other factors. So, um, yeah, it's it's I'm sort of on the fence. I'm not too sure what what I, what we'll see. Do you have any? No, I just react to, to what I see. I, anytime I try to predict what the market's going to do, it doesn't usually uh, lead to very good results. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think uh, it'll be interesting because China's experienced massive issues over there. So there's like quite large deflation. Uh, was there any more news on the, um, the uh, God, what was the name of the company that was? Uh, Huawei. Not Huawei, the right. um, the other real estate one that was like uh, in danger of missing Evergrande payments. and uh, they just had a payment. We really know our stuff. I know, right? <laughs> oh, uh, Country Gardens. Yeah, Country Gardens. Yeah, yeah. Because that, so I think Evergrande are officially in bankruptcy, and then Country right. Gardens missed a bond payment, but then apparently they paid another one. Okay, so, so they did uh, make their September payment. Yeah, so they, they they missed one, but then made another. So there's hope that they. But I just can't see it turning around um, quickly enough because, yeah, the, from, from what I've heard, there's like 90% home ownership in China, which is just ridiculous. So 90% of the population own homes. Wow. So there's not really much uh, <laughs> give for people to buy all these. <laughs> Are there homes that they own actually built? Because I heard that is a problem too. <laughs> yeah. And, then you, and you have to get a mortgage out first. Yes. So you basically you're paying a mortgage for a home that's never going to be built. <laughs> that is insane to me. Uh, no wonder why things are starting to collapse. Yeah. But then I think, so their exports have gone down massively. I think it was like 
uh, in July, it was like 23% yeah. over, uh, year, year over year to the US, China, uh, sorry, the US, Europe and ASEAN. So that's a massive drop. And I guess if if it keeps dropping, then there could be the chance that they just do whatever they can to uh, try to keep propping you know, get, it up. Get, yeah, get their products out. So, you know, how, how like it's, I think they call it dumping, where you basically just push the price down and try and right. <laughs> sell things to whoever will buy it. And that could, that could be quite deflationary as well. Then there's also the risk that more uh, sanctions <laughs> reverse that. Yeah, that actually ties in with a story I got here about uh, Highway, uh, speaking of the devil. Uh, House Republicans now trying to demand a full sanctions after noticing that some of the chips that they're using in their new phone they just unveiled look very similar to some of the U.S. tech they've been trying to guard. Uh, it really seems like they're starting to escalate the semiconductors kind of chip war that's been going on. Yeah, it does. It does seem to be like the thing that they want to they really want to uh, bring into focus, I guess, because it is a quite a large advantage that the U.S. have and. But mm-hmm. I've apparently it's a seven nanometer, so the and technology that's not even, used for that. That's like two generations ago too. They're on three nanometer chips now at this point, really? aren't they? Yeah, like I'm pretty sure that's what TSM is uh, and was making for maybe is Apple or somebody else. Yeah, okay, but yeah, for from my understanding, um, yeah, no Chinese company has anything. Well, should should even have a seven? I th- think there's uh someone called Peter Zion who's quite a good. And uh, sort of geopolitical guy maybe goes a bit over the top sometimes, but uh, he was talking about how they might not have anything close to like twenty or thirty. You know, it's like oh, a lot higher. It's all just stolen. Yeah, so apparently it's, it's stolen from. Uh, but but then that's it's not that they steal it, but they force international companies to partner right. with companies within China, and then there's um you know oh yeah oops we somehow have this in our <laughs> in our company now let's make it and uh so a lot of it's uh not as much innovation but copying yeah you have to use our workers to put it together our engineers and we'll yeah. just give a take notes don't worry about us yeah but but yeah i, I find it quite interesting how the u.s are really focusing on uh semiconductors and um i understand there is a benefit for uh i guess ai in the future as well as military but it just seems like a weird place to sort of make a stand. Really? I think it makes a lot of sense, uh, especially after the the COVID shutdowns and lockdowns when they disrupted the supply chain. I think we saw just how dependent we are on semiconductors as a material. So then why would you uh, sanction China? Because it's a competitive edge and we have to protect those apparently. Yeah, yeah, and I do, I do agree that <laughs> uh, America. No, no, well, I think a lot of it has to do with like the having a good compact chip design is miniaturization, and miniaturization is like huge in getting uh, really good nuclear weapons per se. And if suddenly they can have the production capabilities to start manufacturing their own chips, then who's to say that someone like North Korea or Iran is not going to benefit from that? Yeah, I agree. And I think it's one of those things where it's almost like they see what's coming, where there's the risk of, I think today there was, uh, you know, close to 200 aircraft sort of circling Taiwan from China. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely seems like, you know, I don't know if it will happen or not, but it seems like even if it doesn't, they're planning for the potential for an invasion of Taiwan. So you do need to diversify your supply chains away from mm. China, away from Taiwan. And yeah, as you said, semiconductors are vital and everything. I think, yeah, during the lockdowns, as you said, like 
cars couldn't be built all right. those other factors because we didn't have these semiconductors so um yeah it'll be, it'll be interesting to see and i think it seems like Mexico is benefiting a lot from from all this as well. Yes, thank you. I was gonna I was gonna mention that point uh, because Mexico actually overtook China recently as the the biggest trade partner with the U.S. Uh, yeah, how do we make money off that? <laughs> I think you need to find some emerging market funds and throw it into Mexico. I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There's other concerns there, right? <laughs> yeah, but it does seem like yeah, it's probably the greatest beneficiary of uh of all this i'd say of this onshoring or friendshoring mm -hmm. mexico uh you know you could say brazil maybe yep. um pretty much anybody yeah. in this ocean quadrant i guess you could say right any of the americas should benefit from that shift yeah definitely and i think it's uh you know it's not just military conflicts it's also we've seen natural disasters other things are becoming more common so you want to do whatever mm -hmm. you can to make sure that these things don't have impacts in you know for months at a time yeah yeah that's another good point all right you got anything else for uh, general market news here i think you had something from ray dalio yeah yeah true so uh for anyone who <laughs> well, listens to ray dalio i think he's a really interesting guy and obviously you know has been the mm -hmm. founder of the most or i don't know the most successful the largest hedge fund in the world but he was he's had this saying for so long saying cash is trash cash is trash don't hold cash right invest in, in bonds or stocks and stuff uh and we know that stocks have done pretty well bonds haven't done very well over the past two years and now he's just come out and said hold cash temporarily <laughs> not, <laughs> not debt and bonds so it, it seems like it's quite convenient that he said this after a two-year uh bond bear market but uh <laughs> <laughs> You should Normally be buying, goes, right? Shouldn't you be buying? Yeah. I guess you could short. Uh, can you short bonds? Uh, yeah, you can. But uh, so if anyone knows the history of bonds over the past 40 years, the price of them have normally gone up because interest rates have gone down. So if you ever try to short them, they said it's like the widow maker. <laughs> <You're> gonna... <laughs> so I, I, I guess in terms of short term, like you could probably do it, but, but a lot of people didn't do very well. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> but, but that, yeah, that, that trend has changed obviously over the past two years as the uh, price of them had gone down. Well, so. I, yeah. As a kid, I remember them talking about bonds all the time, but like in the military, there's like, oh, you can sign up for these bonds. They pay this interest rate. And I'm looking at the interest rate they were paying then thinking like, uh, why not go in the stock market? Like I'm 23. Yeah. Like I have a much longer horizon. I think I could do better here. Yeah, but then now they're like close to five percent, or I'm not sure exactly what the yield is. But that actually makes sense, though, from uh, investment perspective. Like, at least making inflation back. I think before you're getting like what two, three percent. Yeah. Well, the two. It's because at the moment we have an inverted yield curve. So right. Uh, well, well, that mean, yeah, front end is obviously, so it has higher yields in the back end. So people are expecting interest rates to go down right. uh, in the near term, so recession. And uh, so for a lot of people, it's actually better for them just to, <laughs> why <laughs> why push down the uh, the curve? Right. You just hold... Uh, hold cash, you know. like like yeah. Ray Dalio says. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do what he says. No. All, right. All right. This time, not, not don't worry about the other times. <laughs> exactly. It's like Michael Burry deleting his tweets and apologizing for telling everybody to short the market last year. Yeah. Did you hear that whole thing about how he put a put on the markets as well? Yeah, uh, I did. Recently. Yeah. I think that one actually did all right though, didn't it? 
I think so. I don't know. Well, everyone was saying like it's 1.6 billion. It's like oh, no, how that's much the, of his portfolio. Yeah. yeah no, it's not 1.6 billion either. <laughs> that's the value of the options contracts. Should he choose to exercise them? Yeah. And everyone, uh, all the media was like, ooh, lots of money. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky oh, for man. people, they listened to this very educational podcast. <laughs> they know that's not the case. <laughs> all right. Should we, uh, should we move on and uh, maybe do some sponsorships and advertising? Yeah, I'm keen. What? How much am I getting paid for this? Oh, um, <laughs> we better. Okay, they might be a longer ad break than normal. <laughs> they have some overhead. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc <laughs> all right all right ah man all right how do you feel did uh yeah did i pay you enough to sit through those <laughs> you're no? lucky i came back no sorry <laughs> 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 no, that's, that's mean. Right. I, uh, yeah, it was. I was actually really interested in them. What, what, what we... <laughs> Don't even know what they are. I know. <laughs> it's all right. Let's play stock time and move on. <laughs> stock time. Now it's talk about stock time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. Please answer us. <laughs> we need more singing from you, Kyle. That's what I'm getting. From I this. tried once; it was a disaster. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I feel like we need just one episode and just have you singing everything, and that would be great. Uh, <laughs> we'll be like, what? What is happening? <laughs> oh God, maybe I should. Oh, that would be really bad. It could be funny though. <laughs> yeah, if, if you want to, it uh, say so in the Discord. <laughs> 
say you asshole. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I've got a story about Ford. I don't know if you've been paying attention to uh, the United Auto Workers uh, negotiations that have been going on with the big three in the U.S. Uh, how much money are they wanting? Oh, they are asking for a large <laughs> rate, uh, large raise. Uh, the executive, Jim Farley of uh, Ford, he had said that uh, the demands were for a 40% pay hike. Um, I think somebody, the quote was like paying, getting, they want to get paid $300,000 a year to, to work like 20 hours a week or something silly like that. <laughs> but uh, there's yeah. some more details that finally came out in some of this. Like we're starting to see some of the sides of the, the auto workers. And uh, after reading this, like, yeah, it sounds like they have a legit grievance. So I guess over the last like 15 years, like there's a bunch of different tier systems that they use over at Ford and new hires get stuck into tier two. They get reduced the wages, uh, lower benefits, and apparently it takes a long time to get out of that tier two contract. There's a guy who's uh, been working there for three years and still sitting there stuck on that, not getting any benefits, not getting a pension, uh, barely making ends meet basically is what he's saying. Yeah, well, that's pretty rough. And I think it's always... If we look at corporations over the past 15, 20 years, they have really been squeezing the, the employee, which is probably a, why we do see these quite high mm -hmm. demands when, we, let's be honest, and, um, workers do have the power at the moment. There's, a, well, maybe not in the, in the future, but recently, as we've seen, there's been, uh, I don't know if people have been leaving the workforce or there just hasn't been enough immigration or other factors, but people mm -hmm. couldn't hire enough workers. So yeah, I think it's getting to the point where they will have to meet some demands. Yep. And I mean, now's the time to do it, right? Like yeah, they exactly. need you. There's a limited <laughs> amount of people applying for these positions, uh, especially for like the, the blue collar type jobs, which is a shame because you can make really good money doing that. Uh, yeah. Never enough welders, electricians, uh, any of those, those skilled type jobs. I agree. And I guess for <laughs> where I'm from in, in Australia, they get paid quite like probably similar to the, hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah <laughs> those type of workers uh and that is because there's quite strong um sort of unions but but i think there does need to be a balance uh between the unions and the pay increases because we probably don't want to see something like what we saw in the 70s where it was just absolute <laughs> chaos in the uk i think they had i don't know if you heard there was like the three-day work week no really yeah, so basically what happened is uh, the coal miners went on strike and they didn't have enough electricity to uh, <laughs> to run the <laughs> economy for more than three days a week. So, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, so that was – and that was for like nine months. So I think it can go – it's probably gone too far towards the, the big corporations and employers over the past 10 years, but we don't mm -hmm. want it to sort of scale to the other side. It needs to be like a – a nice balance in between, which there probably won't be, but there never <laughs> is, right? It's just the pendulum's always yeah. swinging. There's, there'll be a point uh, where they meet in the middle, but it's usually transitioning from one side to the other. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see because obviously Ford. Well, I guess Ford hasn't been struggling, but if there is, uh, it, it'd be interesting to see if we see like uh, they're being going back to China if they put um because there's been all this concern about subsidies on the on mm. Chinese electric vehicles. So do they put? tariffs on them or even uh, sanctions on chinese vehicles oh really that are there could, any chinese vehicles yeah. worth buying there's heaps of uh so they've gone quite heavily into ev so they're, oh, they're probably one of the Neo, major yeah. players yeah at, at, at the moment in terms of ev and like uh, neo is a big one that um i've heard of but uh li like linking cove chuo 
they they also own like Volvo and a lot of those uh, some of the older European companies were bought out by China. So really, um, and and basically, yeah, and they basically get subsidised. Um, uh, Volvo was a while ago. Yeah, so I think they were. I thought BMW then. bought them out. No, I think it's a uh, Lincoln Co. I'm pretty sure. Oh wow! I did not. Jesus, but, um, China's buying everything. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it'll be it, well we'll see if it's like what happened in japan in the 80s where they bought up everything and then <laughs> oh, and slowly declines and then stagnated for 40 years <laughs> yeah exactly well the Japanification uh, of china <laughs> well the reason why i bring this up uh, to pay attention to is because they did kick off uh, their strikes at some of the locations uh for ford uh okay. their michigan assembly plant in wayne yeah is there uh is it just a certain period of time or are they I think this is until they get their demands. Get their demands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. It looks like so far it's only one. No, apparently this is the simultaneous strikes against all three of them. So I guess GM and Stellantis also uh, also are experiencing this too. So this is not good for the auto industry. Does this push more jobs to Mexico? I don't know if they even can do that. I know Ford does do a lot of their production stuff in Mexico. Uh, they opened up like a $2 billion plant down there like 10 years ago, back when that uh, I-55 corridor was getting put it, put together. Mm. Uh, I I think this probably couldn't have happened at a better time for these companies, though, because I think they were sitting on a lot of excess inventory as of uh, some of the last reports I saw about uh, the car industry. Interesting. So they're not too fast. They've uh, can wait it out. Maybe they're not quite in a rush to resolve things immediately. Yeah. It does seem like a big issue in the U.S., with uh, what's happening in Hollywood as well. And it seems like a lot of there's quite a lot of striking at the moment, I guess in the UK as well. A Hollywood one makes sense too, though. Uh, that one's just insane. Like they get nothing yeah. for any of the streaming rights that are getting tossed around. Like those things are huge. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty mental. And I guess, I guess the challenge is in an industry like that, where there's so many people want to work on it. <laughs> they, can <laughs> <Right>. sort of, <laughs> they can sort of just be like, oh, okay, you know, we don't want your stuff. Let's get someone else. <laughs> the problem is when it comes to the streaming thing, though, is this is probably the end of uh, commercial-free programming. You get to watch again. We just like when cable ended up monetizing. Yeah. I don't know about anyone else, but I haven't really been enjoying many of the recent shows. They're all, no, they're all garbage, really. in my, my opinion. <laughs> well, that's because all the actors are on strike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to make sure that they're not getting replaced by AI. <laughs> I, I, that's, the one, that's the part of, of it I agree with. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, can you imagine like peak Arnold Schwarzenegger again? Yes. To be fair, if if you get paid for it, like I think I saw some people with their music. I don't know if you saw like uh Drake is like an AI song uh in Drake's voice. No. Which is uh yeah, someone released that and then they try to <laughs> uh put it in the Grammys or something <laughs> but, uh, as a, as an award, but uh. I reckon for artists, it'd be smart for them to say, you know, I don't mind as long as I get my royalty or whatever. I know this, we're going way off topic here, but I know that the same <laughs> thing has been happening in uh, like the books and the book world. Like mm. authors are like seeing books that supposedly they written showing up on Amazon, but like they never wrote it. It's just some AI gets fed a bunch of their works and said, print something out and make a quick 20 bucks a, a book <laughs> pretending to be some well-known <laughs> author. <laughs> uh... We're all going to be replaced soon, aren't we? Come oh, on. God, I know, right? <laughs> Have our little uh, VR headsets and <laughs> sit in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you got uh, any uh, stock news to catch your eye this week? Uh, yeah, a recent IPO. I think it's the largest IPO in the last two years, uh, apparently. It's uh, 
a UK company called Arm Holdings. I saw that. I did not realize how I didn't know anything about this one. I guess I completely missed that news. Uh, but I didn't know that almost every semiconductor manufacturer like uses their products. I, I didn't realize their reach was so huge. Yeah, I don't. Re- I still don't really understand. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> it says it says they're semiconductors. It's like okay, but I think it's is it the designs that must be the patents of these. It's um, got to be the designs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So apparently they're in 99 percent of smartphones. Right. It must be their architecture. Is, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, I think they're yeah based in England in Cambridge, but uh, <laughs> they've been doing really well. They they're valued. I think they opened at fifty one dollars and they pushed up to. $64, so $68 billion valuation. Um, Wait, for it, to put that in sp- is that <laughs> including Sorry. SoftBank's 90% stake they're still holding on to? Uh, yeah, probably. So that's <laughs> <laughs> true. So the liquidity in that's going to be interesting. It's nuts, though, that that much valuation off of a 10% uh, release of basically the, the outstanding shares. Is that how that works? Yeah. Um, I think it's more to do with the total. So there's probably only like six billion on the market if there's ten percent. Yeah. So yeah. basically it's saying like the total value of it, yeah. But um That's crazy. But even then if you look at their financials, they're sort of from what from what I can see, they're they're not growing very fast at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um their revenue's like three billion dollars and then their net income's like half a million, and yet they're still at sixty three billion or sixty five billion <laughs> as of <laughs> market close so yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see it's not like it's an nvidia which is growing like 100 percent a year <laughs> well I, I think you see this a lot with the IEO, ipos the speculation gets a lot of people excited a lot of that greed shows up and people just buy it buy it buy it and a year from now that's probably not going to be the best decision yeah and that's why they uh, put on the NASDAQ because there was all this thing about, oh, should they put it in the London Stock Exchange, the NASDAQ? But uh, yeah, in NASDAQ, you get the uh, the higher valuation. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. And, yeah, of course. As you said, they need the money. <laughs> <laughs> so is it something that you're interested in taking a stake in then? It sounds like uh, you're, ready, you're ready to wait. I don't know. It's challenging. I've uh, tried to balance the valuations with uh, the investment thesis and I guess the future potential. Uh, so at the moment, valuation uh, probably not there, and then the growth, <laughs> the growth is uh, really the challenging part as well. Because if it's if you were to invest, you'd want it to be growing quite quickly, and not currently seeing that. So three one, right. I'll keep an eye on. It's interesting, but I might stay on the sideline. And then because I said that, it's probably going to go up by like hundred <laughs> percent. I wouldn't. No, look at go. Just pull the history of like the last fifty biggest IPOs out there, and see how many of them actually went up are closed, you know, like three months later above their IPO high. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll find a lot of them end up uh, coming down quite a bit. So you're going to stay out? Oh, yeah, I'll stay out. Um, I think I'm just now ready to start looking at Snowflake again. <laughs> tells you anything. <laughs> how, how long ago was that? Two years or something? Oh, uh, yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> now it's got some history. You can start applying some technical analysis to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess when you're training on TA, that's the key thing, right. isn't it? The history of it. Uh, all right. Anything else for stock news or should we uh, move on and do some crypto? Um, yeah, that's really the main stuff for me. Let's go to crypto. All right, let's do some crypto. I got some crypto in my wallet. Hanging out on my Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, I got some crypto in my wallet. 
Dirty sushi, polka dot, NFT Decentralized, anonymized, fabulous cryptocurrency Alright, I think you had a pretty good story lined up for crypto uh, You want to kick us off here? Good story, bad story, depends I guess uh... <laughs> entertaining entertaining yeah interesting yeah yeah i don't know but uh it's basically uh it's quite interesting and i guess maybe we can put in the show notes there's like a long list of uh binance's slow this is the title of it binance's slow train wreck towards implosion (laughs) 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 so after all the shit they threw at ftx i know yeah they well to be <laughs> to be fair now we understand it they uh ftx was pretty fucked so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's scary to think what's uh underneath the hood of finance but uh it's basically just there's probably like a hundred points here of all the issues that uh Binance has gone through over the past 10 months uh mm-hmm. for example Binance's head of products quit in september uh, in August, they shut down their crypto payments business. Mastercard ended their partnership. Their credit card processor checkout.com ended service uh, due to compliance concerns. Uh, apparently, they were committing massive US <laughs> sanction violation with Russian banks. Binance head of uh, Asian Pacific quits. Binance US is unable to produce financial records for SEC. <laughs> and that's so that's only for September and August. And it's basically got that for every single month. That's is that anything to do or anything in there about the stuff that happened in France? Uh, let me have a look. <laughs> like the, the director or like the head of like their France operations, like said something about how their concerns are all blown out of proportion. And then their governing body like showed up the next day. <laughs> really? Far out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me have a look. I did see the things about the people leaving and that's never a good sign. Uh, wasn't there like their compliance people leaving too? Yeah. I was just, uh, where was it? Oh yeah, here we go. Binance under investigation in France for aggravated money laundering. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was it. <laughs> basically, they're, they're forced to cease operation in every country, <laughs> like Netherlands, Belgium, Germany. Um, oh god. Yeah. What else have we got here? Uh, apparently, Binance General Counsel, Chief Strategy Officer, and SVP of Compliance all quit in response to CZ's interactions with U.S. regulators. Uh, they lost their banking partner in the U.S. in February, so they had to suspend USD bank transfers. So it's just oh all these God. issues. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing to see that they're actually still uh, <laughs> still active. How is that possible? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so as I said, we'll put it in the description, but there's like 100 points of uh, issues here. And, and, and it is a little bit concerning. To, so there's concern that they have basically been relying on Binance. They've a uh, Binance token. They've pumped it up and maybe they're sort of selling it to try and increase liquidity. But will mm. it be a Ponzi scheme similar to what we saw with uh with FDX token. And then if Binance were to go down, that would be massive. That would be sort of like a Mt. Gox 2.0 because it's such a large exchange in the uh, industry. So how much bigger are they than FDX was? At uh, their peak? I'm not too sure, but they would be quite a lot bigger. Because uh, what was FDX? FDX, I think at one point had like double digit billions that they were yeah. assets they had. Let me see how many assets they have. Yeah, but I think the challenge is that they had, was it 14, so FTX had 14 billion, but most of it was in their very liquid tokens. Yeah, <laughs> similar, yeah. Similar to how ARM is worth uh, 60 billion. <laughs> right. If you try to sell it all, I don't know if... Uh, <laughs> yeah, good luck. You might get three. <laughs> right, um, that's fine. Actually, speaking of that, um, the story that I had pulled for, for this week was the FTX getting 
permission to to start selling off their crypto assets to start settling their debts interesting uh yeah 3.4 billion in crypto that they're going to start liquidating and that's a large amount you got to think that it's going to have an effect on like the the bitcoin and ethereum prices right yeah you'd think so especially if people try to front run it yeah because i mean a lot of the people or a lot of their assets were held in like the main ones there but they do also they did mention the like 1300 other like shit coins that they're basically holding that are so illiquid that they have no idea of even figuring out if there's any value to them yeah i'd imagine it'd be impossible to to get rid of them because who would buy them? The only, yeah. the only benefit was uh, if right. you have the FTX as the exchange. The whole reason for them holding them, yeah, would just be to provide liquidity, right? Yeah. I can't really find too much about um, the market share that they have. Oh, that's no big deal. I, I assume they're bigger, though, because they did offer to bail out FTX. So if, if they're not bigger, maybe. they're healthier. <laughs> so maybe 50% of the total crypto exchange market share. Oh, wow. So that's, okay, that's yeah, a... according to, and it is CoinGecko, a CoinGecko article released September 2023. Yeah, so that's pretty massive. <laughs> yeah, can you forward me that? Yeah, I'll, I'll forward it through. So basically it's saying that on average they're doing like, is that half a trillion dollars worth of transactions yeah i think it is Oof. so that was at the start of wow. the year now it's gone down april it was about 300 billion may 200 and then june 200 as well so it's going down a little bit so yeah that's probably not a good sign either no um but yeah if they blow up i think that would be mass that would be massive do you think the sec uh cracking down on all these is just trying to pave the way for some of the uh the institutional uh etfs that they want to get out there or is it just uh finally just these guys have been doing some bad shit for too long and they're finally just getting their just desserts. Yeah. I think there's a bit of both. So I can understand like, as they were saying before, like there's the risk of basically all this illegal money <laughs> going onto Binance, right. not just from uh, Russia or North Korea, but from, you know, basically every, every country in the world. It's Anybody it's, doing anything <laughs> illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like on ramps and off ramps. And if they've, I think they've gotten a little bit better recently, but if they're not tracking all that to the current standards, then it's impossible for, you know, any organization to know uh, or any of these countries to know what's happening. So I, I sort of right. understand in that perspective. Um, I think a lot of it as well as it's like, well, you're not following our rules. Let's <laughs> show you what we can do. Um, <laughs> right. And yeah, it, but then they were trying to stop the spot ETFs going up from uh, like BlackRock or grayscale kathy woods i think was trying to get one yeah too. but wasn't there a um supreme court ruling recently that said that they uh the grayscale one was uh against the law they shouldn't have blocked it no i didn't i did not see that yeah so i think there was something like that so i feel like there's apparently illegally they were like, saying that they can't block it so it'd be interesting that'd be very interesting i feel like grayscale was the one who probably deserved it most like they've been i think they actually have an etf that tracks bitcoin mm. so uh, they've been in the space for a while like they probably had applications for years. Yeah. I would have been pissed if I was them and BlackRock ended up getting approved before they did. <laughs> it's definitely going to happen though. <laughs> yeah. If right. BlackRock or Fidelity or someone like that is going to come in and uh, grease some palms and get what they want. That's not how that works in this country, right? <laughs> no, That's illegal. illegal. <laughs> <laughs> how much money do you want for your uh, political campaign? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I'll just donate to your charity. You can skim <laughs> off of that yourself. Yeah. Oh, can you pay me to uh, do a speech at your... <laughs> Was it Yellen who did like a, a speech yeah. at Citadel for like a million dollars? <laughs> yeah. Should you get paid in Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you've got a scoop here <laughs> right <laughs> all right uh what have you got have you got anything in crypto no 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 we, we talked about my story uh i think we can move on and normally what we do is a good bad and ugly section but uh since you don't i don't think you try to trade as actively as we do i don't so i don't know if you have something like a moment from um i don't know this past week that kind of stood out to you as like a, a valuable lesson to have learned uh, maybe we can both kind of share something like that with the, the audience and and hopefully uh, somebody else can take some lessons from that too yeah i, I want to hear your ugly uh first before i get into my lesson <laughs> um i don't know that i want to call this an ugly then necessarily um we listened to vanta's town hall last night We're recording this friday so this would have been thursday night and one of the things that they had talked about on there was being aware of the emotions that you go through when you're in a trade. And that was something that I only took one trade today, Friday. Uh, while I was sitting in that trade, I started just writing down like the thoughts that were going through my head while I was sitting in it, while it was winning, while it was losing. And I found out that there's a lot of fear that I still am dealing with. And it's not even like the money, the mon monetary value of it, because it's a prop account. And it was like two micro contracts. It's whatever like that loses it's 25 bucks uh not that big a deal but i think that fear is more tied into not wanting to be wrong i'm afraid of being wrong and that's something that i have to figure out how to address yeah that's the thing in with with everything is that the more you want to be successful at something then the more emotions you have i remember i used to do sales back in the day and it was uh you know, if you, you really wanted to do well and you really wanted to make more sales and you just ooze like desperation and <laughs> scared. Right, right. And then there's always the people who didn't give a give a shit who would make more sales. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's that, that yeah. careless, like I I need to divorce myself from the results and focus on the, the actual execution of like the strategies. Like am I entering on the criteria that I predefined? Am I taking profits at the points where my strategy dictates that I do, or am I getting scared and moving my stops too soon or cutting before I'd get my full wins? Like those are the things that I need to shift my focus toward. If I want to do better, if I want to improve and I want to get over this hump, I need to be focused on the execution and the results will follow from that. Yeah. I'm just trying to withdraw that emotion from it. Um, I was just going to say I had a similar uh, trade and I, mine are probably more like swing trades and looking to, Mm -hmm. do over multiple weeks uh and it was with a company and uh everything that i had in my strategy like all come to plan it looked like it had bottom, bottomed out from quite a large drawdown uh, i was sort of turning up and i was like okay i'm gonna get in the position gone in the position made a, like it went up by like a couple of percent mm -hmm. uh which was quite good and then it sort of turned around and i just got a bit spooked and uh yeah closed the trade and now it's sort of up 20 percent. so uh, it was one of those things where I just should have been patient. Yeah, as you're saying there, sticking with the strategy that you have and not trying to, uh, I guess you, you try to close it because you think, oh, it's like risk prevention. But mm -hmm. as long as it's within your current strategy, continue with it. And then if, if it doesn't, if it goes against it, then I think you have to sit down afterwards and analyze your strategy and say, is it the strategy or is it just the trade? And then on to the next one. Well, I mean, any good trader is still only winning what like fifty percent of the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, roughly, right? Like you can you can be a professional, successful trader with much lower win rates as long as your risk reward profiles are are right. And that is one of the easiest ways to to just bleed yourself dry is to not take the full profit potentials 
of your trades constantly, you know, taking, you know, say half a percent gain, but you're risking 1% on every trade. Like, yeah, that's just going to bleed you out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, it's one of those things that you hear lots of traders talk about how it's taken, it takes them years to get into that mindset of, uh, <laughs> of just, uh, allowing, allowing it to run. And, uh, uh, yeah. I think one of the things that I want to start doing that maybe might help with that is just writing it up as a loss. As soon as the trade goes on, maybe if I'm looking at it from the perspective of the money's already gone, I've made, I had enough conviction to be able to put this bet on, let's write that off and not even, we don't even care about it anymore now at this point. Now at this point, it's all about, did I make the right decisions? Did I execute properly? But it seems like that wasn't an issue even today. So it's, it's obviously not about the money. It's more about that want to be right. It's about losing. It's about yeah. winning or losing for me. But if I start off with the idea that, okay, it's already lost, then maybe that might help a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you need to almost find a way to just... To be okay with losing just in general. Yeah. Or just withdraw yourself from... Yeah, that could be a good way to withdraw from that certain trade it's not something i've <laughs> i've figured out how to do yet <laughs> is there anything that you had in mind to, to try to help with the, the situation you ran into um oh it's challenging because a lot of the times i'll withdraw too much and then especially when, when they're swing trades you can just let them run for ages and mm -hmm. uh it's easy because i'm not at the computer as much like you know not paying right. attention so i'll look back a bit later and be like oh shit i've let that run, <laughs> right. run, run a bit too far but um yeah i guess that's that's one thing that i have found sometimes works like um and then as long as you have your risk reward um strategy in place then you know i'm not fussed yeah how it's going um but yeah i guess that's probably more of a swing traders mentality rather than it'd be a bit harder to that as a day trader i know the to try to combat myself from getting spooked out of positions. Like one of the things I have done, and I think it does help is to just constantly be reevaluating. Like, what am I seeing? Is this still consistent with what the view I have uh, for my bias? Is it still in place? Like, am I seeing anything that contradicts that? Like, just take it like systematically and like re-qualify the trade. Is the trade still qualified? Okay. Then let it keep going. Yeah. But then I guess are you overanalyzing? <laughs> yeah, then there is some of that too. <laughs> I guess it depends on <laughs> where the leak is, right? Yeah. Is it costing you money? <laughs> but is it more overanalyzing, do you think? I don't know. Um, I guess it just it's just another way to make you feel okay with the risk again. That's kind of the idea behind that. Like, would I still mm. take this trade? Yeah, okay. Well, then let it keep going. Yeah. Have they hit their targets, the... Like, is this a spot where I'd expect them to potentially reverse this completely, you know, and completely come against me and take my stops out? Like, I'm not seeing anything that indicates that, then it's just fear. And you just, you just got to push that away, I guess, or, or argue with yourself and be like, hey, there's no reason to be afraid. Everything still looks good. It yeah. may come back against us and who cares? Yeah, good point. I don't know. But again, I haven't figured it out either, so... <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to figure it out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Another one I did is uh, I put a short on oil not too long ago, thankfully. But yeah, I don't know what's happening there. It'll be interesting to see. Oh, uh, like a swing, swing trade. Yeah, swing trade, but it might be a little early. Uh, just with, I, I guess the hypothesis behind it is that uh, a lot of the cuts that are being made by OPEC are 
um, optional. And as price goes up, and as Russia and other countries, uh, you know, because they're cutting, they're still making right. less revenue, even though prices are going up, then they uh, could turn around their sort of their, their production. At the same time, uh, China was buying up a lot of Ira- Iranian oil. Oh, that's so right. They've got like quite a lot of a uh, um, sort of storage. So then they might start selling or putting it onto their market and sort of reduce the value. But uh, if China's economy is in trouble too, then uh, if they start using less oil, that's going to be big a big supply chain hit too, isn't it? Yeah, it would be quite big. But then I think I think at the same time as well, they don't. Uh, it would still hit their economy because oil prices are going to go up. So they're trying mm-hmm. to do what they can to. Uh, I, I talked to someone really interesting, like uh, Anas Alhaji, who's like quite a well known. Um, energy markets guy and yeah. he was saying that the floor so basically Saudi Arabia and Russia want the f- and sort of OPEC want the floor of oil to be like 70 mm, yeah and then ideally China want the floor <laughs> that the peak of oil to be 70 uh, mm-hmm. which isn't the case but then yeah. what he was saying is because they're because they were buying Iranian oil at a discount it that would mean that Brent or the US, so Brent would be more close to eighty or eighty-five, and that would sort of be uh, their their minimum that they'd want it to be because they're averaging out sort of the prices of the Iranian oil they're buying at a discount, uh, sort of illegally, and <laughs> the actual oil they're buying on the on the market. Right. Um, but yeah, it's gone to sort of shoot shoot shot past that. So um, I got in the position around ninety-three, so it's gone up a little bit higher than that, but we'll see. Where's your uh, cut it if you're wrong? Or where do you know you're wrong, I guess, is the question. Yeah, it's challenging. Probably when it 98, but then that might be too far, too high up to hold. So I'm thinking if it gets close to 95, I'll have to reconsider. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and then oil is challenging as well because there are technicals obviously involved, but then there's lots of other uh, macroeconomic stuff to take into account. Oil is the traditional widow maker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh anything else uh you want to cover here before we uh, wrap things up and make a bet pick um no not really just uh keeping an eye on a few other companies but well let's talk about them on the in the bet news here then see if uh, we can't come up with a good pick try to yeah, carry us to go. victory i need it wanna beat it gonna win it if i take it from you Filling my position, squid your bitch and random's gonna lose Got a chart full of levels and a stop that's not too tight It's bet, pick a time in the shop, so pick them right All right, um, let's see. What have we been looking at? I told you we picked Hormel, and I was actually still looking at it and still believing in the short idea. I don't know if you want to take a look at the daily on it. It's HRL. Get your thoughts. Yeah, I I think I looked at it before, I guess. The only thing I don't like is it looks like it's trying to accept back into that big distribution that it's been rotating in since March of 23. Yeah, and that's sort of what I'm seeing. Yeah. We saw some like another spike down in like 2019, yeah, early 23. Seems to be like a place where there's been lots of liquidity in the past, right? Quite a good support, horizontal support. Um, 
If I look on a weekly as well, uh, from a RSI perspective, it looks like it's sort of looking to reverse, but then there's obviously other things to take into account. But uh, yeah. the only thing that scares me over that is just there's a lot of a lot of things look bearish on the S&P right now, and I'm not sure I necessarily mm. want to be long anything. Yeah. And what does this company do? I guess we're looking. Oh, they make the chili. They make my favorite Ooh, yeah. chili. <laughs> no bean, Hormel chili. How good. <laughs> I guess they probably have lots of exposure to uh, soybeans and other beans as well. Yeah. Well, they make a lot of other like uh, processed foods Products, type stuff. Okay. Like, uh, I think they make some like deli meats and probably hot dogs and other shit like that. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, so it should be something that would do well in a uh, bearish climate, right? Yeah. So I guess that's the risk yeah. of shorting it again. But yeah, I guess the daily does. I think you talked me out of shorting it again, looking at it now. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like uh, uh, it just failed the lower end of balance, and now it's going to want to go up and retest the high end at 41. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. What, what were you looking at? Um. I'm going to be very critical of my... Do you only look at US stocks? I'll look at whatever you want, bud. As long as uh, I can get an opening... As long as there's some volume on it. That's the, yeah. uh, the only thing. Uh, there's an interesting one called Evo. E-V-O. Evolution AB. I think it's... A Swiss exchange? Yeah. But then I really like it from a... So I sort of use both fundamental and sometimes technical for the entrance. But now I'm looking at the technicals. It's... uh looking a bit it's looking a bit silly yeah but then it has broken above so if we look at uh so if we look at that peak in uh that the sort of the 1200 range it's broken above that and it's closed above that which was a major uh sort of closed below it and then now it's come back and opened above it on the weekly so that was a major resistance and support uh, it looks to me like they still haven't regain that yet it kind of looks like that's just a fight right now uh buy volume looks decent though it looks like it's trending up which is good to see damn that's an expensive one though what is the do i have to convert dollars to francs to get this yeah so it's not that much, <laughs> <not> expensive. <laughs> okay okay what is that conversion uh, rate so swedish krona i think it's uh your time is by 0.14 oh no sorry 0. Point, oh wait that's hang on i got pounds <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 0.09. <laughs> 0.0. Sorry. Sorry, no. That's more like a $180, $150 stock. Yeah. You know what? Another one I'm looking at, which is... Uh, uh, actually, I'm going to do, say this one. American Express, AXP. So if you look at it from a fundamental... Uh, from a technical perspective, it looks like it's bounced off a bit of horizontal. It's, on the weekly, it's broken up above the 50 um, uh, sort of EMA. Um, that is an interesting looking one. Apparently, their consumer card net write-off rate dropped as well, which is a positive. So they're not writing off as much uh, debt. You know what I really like about this is the I love the daily on this. I love the the buy volume that came in mm. uh, this week. Uh, that this week looked really strong. It was a really strong candle. Uh, yeah. Also, the changing character too. It, that's the first candle that put in a new high since the week of uh the last week in july yeah and i'm um, i'm looking at the stochastics and sort of like uh, uh sorry the um uh moving averages and the 50s just come to test the 200 on the daily and then it's sort of like going back up to uh, accelerating to the upside so that's a all right, all right. as well Ooh, good volume on friday too yeah a lot of 
a lot of buy volume here. I like it. Um, how do you want to structure this? We only get to keep it for a week, so so do you want to blind enter on Monday? You want to set a limit entry? You can split the position in two, uh, and then you can set some take profits too. Yeah, right. Uh, I guess you uh, half blind entry on the Monday. This is AXP, by the way. AXP, yeah. Yeah. Half Monday, okay. And, and the other half? From your perspective, what would you, would you normally sort of do a lower or higher? Let's take a look at, see if we can figure out where that volume came in. Um, I think it was due to news from what I could see um, with the net write-offs being lower than expected. I think I would consider adding then the fair value gap around like 162, 162 half. Yeah, I would say I was just looking sort of at that similar level as well. Yeah, I'll say 162. And then put the stop at say 161. Or do you want to go lower than that? Damn, that's pretty tight. Um, but yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, actually, right, we've only got a week. Actually, we can go to the next one down below that. 158, uh, 159, or is that too low? you guys that might be a little low unless your take profit's going to be uh four or five dollars <laughs> it's different it's just uh, i guess that's the thing as as you said it's different uh it's hard it's hard to it, figure out because you have a week because it's longer it's yeah you don't get to look at it you can't change the parameters after the fact it's yeah, yeah not as easy as it looks no definitely and because I'm, I'm i normally hold them for longer so the yeah i put on is less so it's the, the <laughs> you know the, the risk reward is obviously uh changed as you said like yeah yep. larger stop loss but larger take profit um i'll say about 160 yeah if you can push down to that i think 160 sounds reasonable just below that red doji with the gap up if they start filling that gap then yeah we probably don't want to be in this anymore yeah um and then as far as take profits go um you can set a take profit if you want, or you can just let it ride and close out on Friday. I'll just let it ride. <laughs> All right. Let it ride. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> it's not your money. <laughs> Are you putting extra money on it? <laughs> no, no, no. I was actually thinking about opening up a, a trader's launch account just for the, the bet picks. Just yeah, to throw somebody on it and see how it does. I do. I do have money in American Express, just so everyone knows. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's get a random. Bid it up. <laughs> there you go. No, sorry. That's, that's going to be difficult for our audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, if you pick something that runs off the Krona, then maybe we have a better shot. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I need a dice roller. Let's see. We have even and one. So that's a Nasdaq and healthcare. Uh, are you familiar with SNDX? Oh, sorry. Can you repeat that? S-N-D-X. Syndax Pharmaceuticals. No, I'm not. Doesn't look very, uh, very happy. It doesn't. <laughs> it's looking kind of bouncy. Yeah, it's nice doji. Yeah. Uh, random sometimes picks some of these that you don't expect to run and then find out mm. tomorrow they cured cancer. <laughs> it's literally a cancer company so. right <laughs> god damn it yeah random pick some good ones all right all right anthony i think we did it man i think we made a show you made it through with me thank you <laughs> you made it through with me i think you filled in amicably and in fact i'll even let you sit on dan show uh dance chair if you want to if you want to wrap up uh, and say goodbye to everybody 
Oh wow, you put you on the stop now a spot now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us where the audience can find you if they want to check out more of your stuff, uh, all that good stuff. Yep, sure thing. Uh so yeah, what the finance, so it's spelled like W T finance. Uh it's a bit of a weird one, but uh on YouTube and uh all other po- podcast platforms. Uh and yeah, I'm also on Twitter, but it's not not YouTube's probably the best place to find me. <laughs> no one cares about Twitter. My Twitter. Yeah. It's not even Twitter anymore either. It's X. Oh, yeah. X. Yeah. You don't tweet. You repost. You post. I know. It blew my mind the first time I saw that. Like, oh, this change. Yeah. What the hell's happening? Um, but yeah, we're, we're sort of more macro, but... Uh, a lot of good stuff on there. I've uh, been friends with Anthony here for the last couple of years. Uh, love your show. Make sure they got links in there if anybody wants to check it out in the episode description. But yeah, I think that's going to do it. So I'm going to wrap this up here. Uh, say goodbye. Uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> and uh, on the way out, we ask you to slap that five-star rating like it's the tap-out button on the Australian version of Alone and take care. <laughs> Are you saying like that uh, <laughs> like domestic uh, we, violence down there? Or, no, or no, 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 no. Alone. Like punching yeah. kangaroos or... Oh, well, it's a survival show. It's uh, th- th- we found the Australian version uh, not too long ago, and since the oh. US ones already ran out, we've been watching that. But like in the first three days, like six people have already tapped out. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was like Home Alone for some reason. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Is there an like Aussie version of Home Alone? <laughs> no, so I was like, I'm trying to think. Like that would be really annoying. <laughs> I, I think if we, uh, I think if her bet picked us terribly, you might have to maybe do a live read of. Uh, one of the scenes in there <laughs> get the accent yeah it's the one with donald trump <laughs> yeah <laughs> was he in one of those yeah in uh oh. pointing where the bathroom is in trump town i think <laughs> bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Oh, shit. Oh, God. I'm about to rewatch that now. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.